What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. Today, we have a fun one with Sarah Wells. Now, Sarah is a designer, brand strategist, and owner of Swell Design, which is her company that provides high-quality strategic design and branding for entrepreneurs and small business owners. Now, in our conversation with Sarah, she describes the process of leaving corporate life, which Tim and I can relate to all too well, and kind of what it looked like to start her own business, key lessons that she learned along the way, and how she elevates brands in a very meaningful and personalized way. You can find her info at swelldesign.co, and swelldesign.co is also her website. So she kicks things off with talking to us how she landed on the path of getting into uh, studio design, computer graphics, uh, everything in that industry. Then she takes us through her transition from corporate life to running her own business and the support system she had to do so and make that possible. And she was uh, just recently in a new city with her family, so she talks us through how she was able to obtain clients in a brand new environment. Then she talks about uh, being a designer and brand strategist, how she figured out her ideal service offerings, which was huge for her scaling of her business, and then she goes into that scaling and growth as well. Then she talks to us about her range of clients she works with, how she creates meaningful relationships, and how she has been able to open doors in other industries. Tim, what did you think about our conversation with Sarah today? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, coming from just a marketing background myself, um, I really enjoyed this interview, um, like with online design and digital design and kind of picking her brain on like how she really honed her business. Because obviously with marketing and digital design, you can go many different directions. So I just thought it was interesting asking her about like what she – what worked best for her and kind of how she used that to, to kind of grow her business. So yeah, we, we asked her about the process of scaling her business and kind of how she was able to communicate her value to future clients and how she kind of increased the value of her services over time. Um, so I thought that was interesting to talk about. We asked her about the obstacles she's had to overcome as an entrepreneur. And I thought that was interesting hearing her explain uh, just the process and like how much more confident she got and like speaking to clients. And I thought like it was a good lesson to take for people who, um, who want to start a business who like maybe a little more shy and kind of hearing her testimony and what she did to kind of step outside her comfort zone. She even said on the podcast that like, Many years ago, she would have never imagined coming onto a podcast and, and, and speaking. I thought, like, when she came on, she was just, she was full of knowledge. She was very well spoken. Very natural. And, uh, yeah. I just, nice conversation. Just, good ebb and flow. Yeah. It was good to kind of see that growth from her as well. Um, and then she also talked about, like, different software and programs she's used to make her life easier as, like, a solo entrepreneur. So I thought that was, that was cool to hear and good lessons taken from that. Um, and then we, we always love to ask, like how being an entrepreneur has made her a better person. So I thought that was it's one cool. of our new favorites. Yeah. One of our new favorites, uh, in addition to, uh, how she wants to be remembered. So I, th I thought her answer was great on that. And she came very well prepared for the, how she wants to be remembered question. Yep, so yep. I, I thought that was a, that was a great, uh, great response there. And just a great overall conversation for people, um, to, to learn from. And I think you guys are going to learn a lot about like, not only how to start a business, but also like the process of, transitioning out of like a full-time job into starting a business I thought was interesting to hear. So without further ado, episode 174, Sarah Wells. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Taking some time out of your afternoon. We know you're probably busy running your business, so we appreciate your time today. Yeah, my husband took a vacation day today, so I could work all because uh, we have a two-year-old at home, okay. um, and so I'm at a co-working space all day today. It's been really nice. <laughs> cool, cool. And where are you? Where are you based out of? I live in Columbus right now, um, okay. Indiana, but I lived the last five years in North Carolina. We just moved here over the summer. Um, okay. But I grew up in Bedford, Indiana. Okay. Got it. Gotcha. Yeah. Small town. Yeah. 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 Right. And then went to IU in Bloomington. So. Great. Okay. What'd you, uh, what'd you study at IU? We're in Indianapolis, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Kelsey had told me that. Um, I got a degree in studio art and in telecom uh, and then a minor in art history. So studio art, like when I finally got to the elective portion, it was all computer-based art, but I still had to do like the sculpture, the drawing, the mm, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> traditional art. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Got to prove it. 
What initially led you to studying studio design, wanting to do that in college? Well, when I, you know, you have to pick your proposed major in high school, um, even when most of the time that doesn't stick. And so when I applied to colleges, I actually applied with an interior design uh, intended major. And then my second semester of my senior year, I took a computer graphics class in high school and that pretty much (laughs) steered me in the other direction. So as soon as, you know, I immediately changed, never did any interior design, immediately went to the graphic design portion of it and studied in the art school and was one of the few that never changed their major and is using their degree. So, (laughs) yeah, I feel like I'm finally maybe using part of my degree. Yeah. Or I'm using less of it than when I left college. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's awesome um, that you actually found something and stuck with it. Like I was going to be 30 different things when I was a kid. So, and yeah. none of them were what I do. Um, yeah. So when I was checking out kind of your website and things, uh, yeah. So I saw you move down to North Carolina. Uh, so you left corporate. I uh, saw you were in corporate for a while. Talk to us mm-hmm. about that. Cause we each have left corporate um, uh, kind of similar path to do our own thing. So take us through that that journey a little bit? Yeah. So when I graduated, um, I was engaged to my now husband, but he, I met him when he was already out of school and he lived in Batesville, Indiana. And um, so I tried to get a job there, which is a super small uh, town. (laughs) (laughs) And somehow I got very lucky and worked for a telecommunications company doing graphic design, social media management, that the single person for a 90 person company, um, and kind of the equivalent of like a local rural, like Xfinity or Comcast. So it was like TV, phone, internet. And so I was doing a lot of designing like channel guides and brochures and, uh, stuff like that. So not the most exciting, um, design work, but I was very fortunate and very thankful to actually get a job in that area, um, doing what I wanted to do. Um, but then my husband got relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina with his job. And that's what took us there, um, for the last five years. So when we moved there, that was kind of my turning point of, I applied to a couple jobs in Charlotte and none of them really panned out. So the whole time, just simultaneously trying to get some freelance opportunities and, um, my job from Indiana ended up letting me stay contracted on, um, And that was really, I was very fortunate for that because I know most entrepreneurs don't have that steady paycheck while they're building Mm. their business. And so I thought maybe they'd keep me on for six months, but they ended up keeping me on for three years uh, remote. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was a good opportunity to build Swell Design at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And what, I mean, so you're on under contract with them for three years beyond that. What did it look like getting additional clients? Where did you find them? Um, how did that kind of build out besides the initial company? Yeah, so I think that was the hardest part was, you mm-hmm. know, I grew up in Bedford. I lived in Batesville. IU is like the biggest area I'd ever lived. And Charlotte is a population of a million people. <laughs> so it's huge. <laughs> yeah. And we knew nobody. And my husband traveled from business to business all day. So he wasn't really in a workplace environment where he was meeting people. And I was just home all the time. And um, it really started with just Facebook groups. Um, I would just join some Facebook groups. And if I saw people looking for the services that I could provide, I would just, I had like a free website out there Mm -hmm. and would just direct people there and, you know, was doing logos and stuff for like a hundred (laughs) bucks. And um, some of those people I now, five years later, am like going back to who have helped me get business in Charlotte and offering like, Hey, I know so much more now. I'd love, if you're open to it, I'd love to like rebrand for you just to thank Mm -hmm. them because I couldn't, they're still recommending me, even though that was, you know, much less skilled, much less, much, much less knowledgeable back then. Um, and, but they've helped me grow so much where now I don't do any advertising. Um, Mm -hmm. it's all just referral coming in through my own (laughs) website from other clients. So yeah. Those referrals are important, especially like you kind of alluded to it, but like you may not be doing like the largest chunk of business for them, but if you can develop a good relationship and you kind of establish yourself as reliable, they'll, uh, they'll forward you on to something else that could be even bigger. So 
That's good. Um, yeah. yeah. I wanted, I was wondering, so like when you first formed the business and you kind of formed like your service offerings and like what you're going to provide to people, how did that look like? Did you kind of build that off of what you were doing for the contracted company or like, how did you kind of hone in? Cause there's a lot of different routes you can take with design. Um, so kind of how, how'd you form that and kind of how'd you zero in on that? It took a long time to figure out which route it was going to go. I mean, I obviously knew the design portion and doing logos and mm-hmm. brochures and collateral. Um, for a while I did a lot of wedding invitations and wedding suite design. Um, I'm just now, I would say this year phasing out of that category. Um, also did some like hand lettering stuff and, you know, tried my hand at an Etsy shop and, um, had all these different things going, but it really just came down to the thing that people were coming to me most for was branding and logo design and the experience and the reputation that I had. And I was very fortunate where some of those early clients, they were just starting out then too. And now they have grown to be super successful. And so people know them and they're like, who did your stuff? Um, and so once I finally pared that down and I started offering website design in 2019, that is really when it solidified. Like I don't have to say yes to everything anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice when you can start to get a little more picky and choosy and, and taking the bigger projects. But that's really cool to see like, oh, I did the raw like form of design or branding and then you see their growth. Um, mm-hmm. what, what kind of uh, on average, uh, and maybe you do, maybe you don't have a numerical value, but after you work with someone, what kind of growth do you, they see typically? Yeah, so typically, I mean, a lot of designers that are in my position where you've been around for a while, you're getting those higher quality clients, they take away the logo only services because a lot of people think there's no point in having just a logo if you don't have a brand Mm. to go with it and the strategy behind it. But I'm at kind of an interesting point where I understand that people don't have a budget for a full brand when they're starting. And so it's one of my goals to always kind of have that logo only option, even though it's more beneficial if they could do the whole brand, but sometimes they're starting from nothing. And this is the first investment that they're putting into themselves to have something Mm -hmm. visual to associate. And so it really depends on how serious the client is. But um, this, when I have a client who I can tell is all in, I mean, I have clients who I'll do their website, I'll redo their website and they've had, you know, triple the bookings on the site. um, And I have one client who I've now done three different logos under her umbrella and two websites. So like, then that all started back in 2017 when I did her very first single logo and she's just grown to different courses and, um, you know, coaching program and and different things. So it's really cool to see how those can evolve and, and change alongside them. Yeah. That's awesome. And obviously like part of branding as well as like brand storytelling and like what, what you want that brand to speak to customers. Like when you sit down with a new client and kind of develop a logo or, or a brand plan or, or, or whatever, what are mm-hmm, some of the mm-hmm. questions that you ask them? Or like, what are some of the things that you address with, with your clients to kind of form that clear picture of the brand for them? Yeah. So sometimes you, they don't, they haven't thought of these questions before, <laughs> yeah. um, which is fine. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but sometimes they have to sit with those questions for a while, but you know, it's, it goes further than just like your target market and your target, like how old are they? And are they mainly women or men? Or, um, it's really about like what, what, when your clients come to you, what problems do they have and how can you help them solve those problems Mm -hmm. and, um, bringing that into the brand because we're speaking to them. We want people who visit your website or see your brand for the first time to resonate with that target market. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is mainly like, like I've, I'm doing a lot for like hair salons and, and stylists mm-hmm. right now. Okay. And so like talking to them and saying like, who's your ideal client? What, when they come to you and this can get really specific. Cause I know growing up, you're like, Oh, I can just go anywhere and get a haircut, but <laughs> hairstylists have a preference. Like they prefer to just work on blondes or they prefer to just work, you know, they'll on different types of clients that have different needs. And so you have to make sure that the branding and the messaging, when people go there, if they don't need that type of service, maybe they're not quite 
as quick to connect, but the people that do need it um, really see that right away. Um, Mm -hmm. And that can be in the coloring or just like the type of person that typically will go and spend money to get their hair completely colored. And Mm -hmm. um, so it's really just diving into mainly of that. What's the problem and how can you fix it? And how can we show that you can fix it for them with the design? Mm -hmm. Okay. And those questions are those things you do uh, in an in-person initial like consultation or when someone goes on your website and emails you, Hey, I need help. Are there some uh, questions that almost everyone gets? How do you kind of streamline that process? So no matter what service or what type of client, I always do a free 30 minute call um, at the beginning to go over, learn about them, learn, make sure that I can deliver what they're looking for and that there's not somebody better suited that I can direct them towards. Um, And I ask some of those questions during that call, but it's mainly once they sign on, they then will get a questionnaire to fill out. Um, And if, you know, I always tell them the more detailed you can do, the better. I have them create a Pinterest board for their brand. And that's anything from colors and logo inspiration, but also what would you like your dream office to look like? Anything that can kind of visually represent how a client would feel when they interact with your brand. Um, And so that's all done on the computer. And then I read through it. And if I feel like they haven't given me enough information, then I'll be like, let's get on a phone call. Let's screen share. Let's build out this Pinterest board together a little bit further. um, And some things like that. Yeah. And most of the clients that you work with, are you usually working with the CEO of the company or the owner? Or is that usually the person you are working with within the organization? It's usually um, solo entrepreneurs. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got a couple that have, you know, a couple people underneath of them, yeah. but it's mainly just solo female entrepreneur entrepreneurs for the gotcha. most part. Gotcha. And do, yeah. you, do you kind of prefer that type of client, like the one-on-one? Okay, yeah. good. It tends to move a little bit quicker. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. not that I won't work with people that have a team, but it's a right. lot harder to integrate feedback from five people than um, mm-hmm. feedback from one person. <laughs> Definitely. Point. Yeah. Definitely. Point. Okay. Uh, have you worked with any businesses where uh, you saw like the industry they were in or the type of business and it was just really out there, like something you never would have thought of existed? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I actually like looked at some of your stuff and I know that you're familiar with this industry a little bit, but one of my clients is um, she uh, she trains nurses on medical cannabis. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And so she is like, she does like courses specifically for registered nurses on how to consult patients on how to use like medical cannabis. Um, And so that's that's something like I didn't even know existed and um, have done a lot of work with her over the last few years. Um, Yeah, there's, I have someone right now who is a lawyer specializing in like food law. So like food allergies and, but also has like, a fiction book <laughs> that she's like okay. advertising at the same time. So wow. like kind of an author, but also a lawyer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people come with a lot of different stuff um, and it's, it's awesome. It's, it's amazing to see other people doing <clears throat> even, even with Kelsey, you know, who you had on a few weeks ago yeah. doing something so out of the box where you've never heard of it, but it's such a great idea. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about what I do is every client, I'm doing the same work, the same software, the same technical abilities, but I'm learning about so many different industries mm-hmm. and learn getting these little tidbits of information about so many businesses. Yeah. And that, that just makes your, your service like even more quality over time. It's like the more different people you work with, the more you can serve other people. Cause like I, I do, I run a resume writing mm-hmm. business. And so like one of the, the objections that I would get from someone is like, Oh, have you worked with someone in this industry before? Um, but I found that like, if I can just take on as many industries as possible, like it allows me to better serve other industries. And I think it just makes you more credible. So that's good. Yeah. And I think that's something that again, with other designers who have been around for several years, they, they start to, there's that pressure to like niche down. Um, mm-hmm. And I I struggle with that because I like the clients I work with who are in that beginning stage. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also do really like working with these clients in the beauty industry right now with, you know, these hairstylists and 
um, estheticians and makeup artists and things, which is not something that I'm well versed in. You know, I like have never had my hair colored <laughs> and um, just go get a regular cut every time. But um, I think the creativity that's there compared to like a financial advisor um, where that has to fit inside of a certain box typically, whereas a stylist or a salon, you can have a lot more creativity show in that type of design. So it's a little bit more fun um, to work to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I find that most of the time, like, even though you may not be as familiar with an industry, like the quality of your questions can get them talking about their business mm-hmm. and kind of get the ideas mm-hmm. flowing to, to help you out. Cause it's kind of like a mutually beneficial thing. Like you help them out so they can help you out by the questions you ask them. As, do you find that yeah. that's true with your business? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. And I think you know, doing this five and a half years, it's only in the last year and a half that I've really started to see what it could be and Mm -hmm. started to see that I'm like an expert in this field and people are trusting me and coming to me. And I think that it all stems from that working with, you know, and someone else that I know that does this, one of the things she talks about all the time is like not saying no, just based on industry alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important because you get to stretch those muscles Um, you know, if I only did beauty industries, I'm not testing out other parts of my design knowledge where I am doing like a financial person or like a venture capitalist who I had, you know, something else where it's completely different. And it's, it's it's almost using a different part of the brain to make those come to life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So you said you're finally seeing what, what it could be. What, what are you seeing, uh, in that vision and, you know, what is your plan to scale this thing? If, if that is a plan to scale, or maybe just like, uh, like what you, what you're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, the last, I mean, in my corporate job, I was making around like $30,000. And so the first couple of years with this, I made around $30,000 and I thought, okay, that's good. That's the equivalent. That's probably my ceiling and where I'll end up. And, um, I had, my husband and I had our first child four months before the pandemic started. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so that was interesting. And we were still in North Carolina. We had no family support, uh, close by and doing this business during a pandemic with no childcare. (laughs) Uh, it was really hard, but it made me kind of think like, it made me realize how valuable my time is Mm -hmm. and how limited it is. And, it used to be, well, oh, I'll just do that for you. I'm not going to chart. Like, it's not a big deal. I'll just do it for you. And now it's like every minute is worth something now. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And so, true. Um, so I really, my husband's really good with numbers and helped me kind of say, let's just test this out for three months at the beginning of 21, 2021. Let's see what happens. And I mean, it was, it was crazy. And so by April, um, I actually hired my first part-time um junior designer and she helped me so much and she's still with me now. And, um, I can see her getting more and more hours next year. Um, and yeah, after this year, I am, I, I think today I hit six figures. So, so it's like, it's been kind of that like flip over where just in one year, just like trusting myself and valuing myself and people, people don't, they, they want to pay you for the services that you provide. And it's just about adding value and adding a more enjoyable experience. And I always tell people like, this isn't something that should be stressful for you. Like it's a huge decision to come up with a brand for your business, but it shouldn't be stressful. You should really enjoy having someone do this for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that people hopefully get from me is, you know, they enjoy the process and they end up with something they really love. So Mm-hmm. yeah that's great that's incredible yeah good for you that's awesome yeah yeah I, know, I thought it was I, I was trying not to put pressure on it and i was like there's literally three days left but i have someone <laughs> <laughs> pay today so yeah <laughs> that's, that's good still yeah because as you the more you do it you get a good idea of like what a specific project is worth like how much your time is worth per hour based on the project yeah. you do and i'm sure you it yeah. sounds like you honed that in i mean mm-hmm. and besides like what you just described, like in terms of like the growth, was it a matter of like really reflecting on what your time is worth and what you charge? Like, did you 
charge more as time went on? And I know you kind of brought someone on, but like, is there anything else specific that, that kind of helped drive that growth for your business? It was really about fine tuning my packages. Okay. And, um, cause you know, my goal for next year is not necessarily to make more money. It's to make the same amount of money, but with less people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because I had, I mean, I've had over a hundred different people I've worked with this year, which is a lot. Um, mm. and, um, so I really want to be able to have less clients and spend more time with each of those clients. And I think the main part of it has just been, I think part of it has to do with the timing. Mm -hmm. I think everybody came into this year and they were ready. They were ready to finally do something that maybe they'd been thinking about. And so I had more and more inquiries. Um, and I had more and more people from last year. I worked with almost the same number of people last year, which is the crazy part. (laughs) Um, and, um, but just, yeah, providing that value and, and doing more, I'm doing much better with my sales calls, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can get people on the phone for that discovery call and they can hear me and they can hear how I'm going to help them, yep. then most of the time they'll at least sign on, even if it's the smallest package, which is perfectly fine. And then in six months, I just had someone who I did a brand for over the summer. And now in March, we're going to do our website. So they, you know, they're coming back for different, different parts. Mm-hmm. Good. Isn't it amazing what confidence can do? <laughs> yeah, like people, I people, know. <laughs> yeah, people, people buy you and people buy your personality mm-hmm. before they're ever going to buy any of your, your products or services. So it's good that you've realized yeah. that. Yeah, that's why like, you know, in some of these Facebook groups with other designers and stuff, people will be like, who are just starting, they'll be like, well, how do I price this? And, uh, you know, every there's not a set price. It's really, it's just whatever you value your time to be. And it's just, it's arbitrary and it's objective to whatever you think your time is worth and, and your knowledge and your skill set. Um, cause obviously you don't want to over promise and under deliver, but if you can deliver that high quality experience, then you shouldn't be afraid to ask for compensation for it. Yeah. And what kind of problems are you solving? Like bigger problems. So mm-hmm. you need bigger solutions. Yeah. Um, yeah. going along with that, I, I don't like to assume, but I'm going to here. I imagine you've increased your prices over the years. Um, was there ever a, a mental hurdle or challenge? I know uh, some people really Every year. struggle. <laughs> yeah, okay. Really struggle <laughs> with increasing their prices. Um, I know Tim's done it. I'm I'm doing it again. Uh, did you have any challenge with that? Yeah, it's something where again, um, usually in November, December, I sit down with my husband Derek and he tells me a price and I say, no, 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 that's way too high. (laughs) (laughs) And then I knock it down and knock it down. And then he says, you know, like I said, he says, just try it for a couple months. And if it doesn't work, you can always go back. Mm -hmm. And, um, something that's been really helpful for me is I use kind of a three tiered system where I have three packages for people to choose from. And so that's something visually for me to see by at the end of the year, if I'm having a lot of people pick that highest package, maybe they need more. And that should be the middle package. And it helps me kind of shift those downward. And for me to be able to see that visually, okay, I booked none of the small package. So obviously people aren't seeing the value in that. So let's just shift things down and then, you know, create that third package higher. Yeah. it's a good point. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, you, you talked about the, the free 30 minute consultation and for a lot of people that that's, good, good free value that you can give them. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone were to ask you like, ha- like why they should choose your services over someone else or like maybe like describe like yeah, what, how your customer experience is different from someone else. Can you explain a little bit about that? Anything unique? Yeah. I think especially when I'm working with these clients who are just starting and oftentimes they're not, you know, reaching out to five, six designers and price ma- and, you know, checking out getting quotes they're literally saying i'm going to check out one person or i'm going to go to fiber <laughs> <laughs> um and so in that so that's usually the sale that i'm making is you know i have this small package i understand that fiber's cheap and i understand there's a place for it and i'm glad it exists for the people that need it but they don't care about you typically i mean i'm not going to speak for every person that works at fiber but um you know, I want, when people work with me, I hope that they feel like someone actually cares about their business and what they're doing 
and is someone they can, you know, I have people all the time ask me questions about their own business just to bounce ideas off of because most of the time, unless you're already somehow in a group of entrepreneurs, it's just you and maybe your partner who listens to it, but doesn't, isn't an entrepreneur either. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just not quite the same that as having someone else in that same world to ask, say, you know, I'm thinking about doing this service. Do you think that would be a good idea? Um, And in my last email I send to people when the project is done is, I hope this isn't the last time we ever talk to each other. I hope we stay connected and, you know, involved with each other. And, you know, if there's ever anything you need, you can always ask me. Um, And sometimes that's six months later and they're asking for a referral for someone else to do printing or to do, you know, certain types of work that I don't do. Um, But that just means that they do trust that I'm going to send them somewhere that can help them. Um, So I think that's the sale that I'm normally making is less about me over another designer because there's plenty of other designers that, that do care. And um, I'm friends with a lot of them. (laughs) And, and the same thing, like I had a client the other week and she, uh, or I had a discovery call and she uh, sold candles, like uh, made, made her own candles, sold them very, doing very well. I'm not the designer for her because I am not an e-commerce expert. And so that's the, that's the point of that call is I still talked to her, still invested time in her, but then ended the conversation with, let me email you with two people. I know that would be better at this than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how you establish um, just so trust. That you end up with the result that you want. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. And, and I think that's huge when you have, you know, you mentioned, you know, a lot of, you know, quote unquote competitors, uh, when you have good rapport with people like that and someone specializes mm-hmm. in something and not that you're trying to steal their business, but when you yeah. hands down know, Hey, they can really knock this out of the park. I'll do a pretty good job on this, you know, sector, whatever it is, but they will absolutely crush it. When yep. those people get that, I think everyone's just going to get that much more business. Yeah. And it's, it's so great. And I feel like I can't not mention this group, even though I doubt she'll ever hear this, but there's, um, a woman out of Texas, her name is Melissa, and she started this Slack group called the Designers Cohort. And it's basically all people who have been around. They're not just, I mean, some of them are just starting out, but, and it's just a group of all designers um, in Slack and everyone is super open and transparent. And it's just such a great community. And I think that's something that really encouraged me this year to be like seeing these people share how much money they were making, doing the same thing that I'm doing um, at the same level. Um, and so I think being in a group like that, whether it's just on Slack or in person or wherever, where you can be surrounded by other people who are succeeding is really encouraging. hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think people take advantage of those types of groups enough. I know I don't Mm -hmm. like I'm in a handful of Facebook groups and then it's like, Oh, should I join? And it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause some of them are so oversaturated that it's hard to find the value. Yeah. Um, so you've been in business for quite a while. And one thing we like to ask, uh, entrepreneurs is, you know, a time or two or an obstacle that maybe you didn't ever expect or a really challenging hurdle along, along the journey of being an entrepreneur. Um, cause I think a lot of people see, you know, we're on social media, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone <laughs> owns their own business, they made it, they got Lamborghinis and private jets and it's, <laughs> it's an overnight success, right? So, right. and you're, five, almost six years in, and you say it's the last year and a half when you really saw a lot Mm -hmm. of growth. Um, So -hmm. take us through a time or two where, man, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. Does everyone have this? Like, what am I going to do? Is this it? Yeah. I mean, I think I don't really know what the exact moment was other than a few times I would have these calls. And at the end of the call, people that I'd never met before, but they came to me through someone they trust. They were like, I don't even need to see the brochure. Just send me the invoice. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, good problem. I want want those obstacles. (laughs) (laughs) But, but like, that's, that's like the opposite of the obstacle, but that was like the turning point of seeing what this could be. And then with that growth, I think came my biggest obstacle was how do I manage all of this? Mm -hmm. Um, Like June of this year was my biggest month. And it's also the month that we moved with a, one and a half year old from North Carolina <laughs> to Indiana to remodel a house that we bought yeah. on FaceTime. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
that's an obstacle. So that was <laughs> yeah, a few moving yeah. Parts. So it was it was a super hard month. I had never <clears throat> felt burnout with my work before. I had never felt like I am exhausted of doing this, and that's how I felt because I had I booked too many people in too short amount of time, and I didn't book them out, and it was a real struggle. Um, it was very hard <laughs> because my assistant designer went on maternity leave. And so I didn't really have her to depend on at that time. And it was a low point. It was a low point. And I felt very, I was going to bed at two in the morning and waking up at six 30. And, you know, cause the only time I could work is when my son's napping. <laughs> yeah. And that's the only time I can do discovery calls is during the day. <laughs> um, so then the only time I'm working is from eight o'clock until I, fall asleep. And that's not what I want for myself. Um, I want to sit on the couch and do nothing a couple times a week. And so that, that was something that was so hard to adjust and it was very intimidating. I mean, we talked about confidence earlier. This podcast would have been my worst nightmare five years ago. <laughs> um, I kid you not. Kelsey We're not will that tell scary. you <laughs> anything, anything where people are talking to me and I know they're going to be listening or looking Mm-hmm. I would have never done it. I would have said, no, I, I won't do it. Um, and I think that's kind of <clears throat> come along with this. And so then the sales calls were what was the hardest thing to change mm-hmm. because I had done such a good job of like, this is the order that I talk to people. This is what I cover in the exact order. And now I'm having to tell people we can't start your project right now, but I can start it in a month because uh, I'm booked out. And I was so afraid that people were going to be like, oh, well, I don't want to wait a month to get started. Um, and so like figuring out the best way to bring that message across without, you know, having them be upset that there's not that instant gratification of, okay, let's just jump on this and get started. And so that's something I'm still working on, but it's gotten a lot better. And every time that I'm successfully booking someone a month or two months out, I've, it's getting, you know, better and better. But I think that's, that was a couple of the hardest obstacles mm-hmm. for me is just adjusting those sales calls <laughs> Got it. whenever I had been doing them in the same way for so long. Yeah. Now, when you're, when you're booking people out that far in advance, uh, do you have them under a contract agreeing to, Hey, I'm still going to sign on and give you business in a month, or is it kind of a handshake deal? How do you, how do you handle Um, that? Yeah. So they pay a deposit and sign a contract. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then the, the first payment is due upon receipt like immediately. And then, um, I let my clients pick between one and four total payments so that they have some flexibility over how much they pay and when, and then whenever the the next payment is never due until the week of the start date. Got okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. And then I wanted to ask, like, is, has there been, cause I'm sure it's, it's a lot, it can be a lot to handle if you're all doing it by yourself. And I, you said you brought junior mm-hmm. designers on before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, running a business, like the invoicing part, booking meetings, whatever, mm-hmm. is there any like software or technology you've used to, to help save you time and save you stress and kind of organize all your, your yeah. data in one place? Yeah. So I use HoneyBook, um, which is a CRM and it's designed mainly for creatives and people, a lot of people in the wedding industry. So Mm -hmm. wedding venues, wedding planners, Um, but it's kind of an all in one. So it does, you know, you can have email templates, invoice templates, proposals, brochures. So that's, that's the nice thing is I don't have pricing on my website. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I get on this discovery call and I explain the process. I explain the packages. And then when I get off, I send them this brochure, which is actually interactive for them. So they can checkbox the package that they want to move forward with. Nice. That automates the proposal. Um, I send the proposal back and um, they can pay online, sign the contract online. And okay. everything, all our emails live within this nice little CRM. Gotcha. That's perfect. Yeah, that's, that sounds really nice. When did you implement that or when did you bring that on HoneyBook? O- October of 2018, I started it. And it's... okay. I think it's a it's four hundred dollars a year, which is a good price. But yeah, when I first started, I was like, "That's a big expense," you know. Yeah. Um, but now I could never go back to not having it because it actually integrates with your contact form on your website. So that has saved me a lot of time because oftentimes, you know, the first person to respond can get the client. Yeah. Um, and so when someone fills out my contact form, I have HoneyBook set up to send an email automatically with the link to schedule the call. 
um, and that forms the project automatically with all their details um, and keeps everything really, really streamlined, which has been, uh, nice. I could never leave it. <laughs> yeah. You thinking about a new process for your invoicing? Thing? Oh yeah. No. Cause <laughs> what, I mean, yeah, I asked that question. Cause like with, with me, I, I use mm-hmm. uh, Calendly, which is like, if someone reaches out to me, I could just send them a yeah. link to book a meeting. They with have me. the has- same, they have the same integrations built into HoneyBook. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, yeah. I keep track of like all my customer data and like what packages are doing in Excel, mm-hmm. which <laughs> I mean, that's probably not sustainable in the long run. I'm really good at Excel. I'm really organized. Mm-hmm. Like, initially, but I do yeah. see myself kind of doing something like that where it's like all in one. And I actually have a CRM and I can kind of streamline it even more. Cause like, yeah. yeah, it's a big expense at first and you may not see the value in it like upfront, but I'm, I'm sure like all that time saved from the back and forth with clients and like emails back and forth. I'm sure like over time, it's saved you so much stress. And- so much time. And, and just being able to set up all these templates for emails. I have, yeah. You know, because because I remember when I used to use Gmail, I would be having to go back and find emails because I'm sending the same type of con- like when I have the first yep. concepts ready for review, I'm saying, hey, this is how they're set up. This is how you provide feedback. And now I just have a template that says all of that. I have a template when their files are ready to click to download mm-hmm. and it just saves so much time. So, yeah, if you ever want to see it, let me know and I will be happy okay. to screen share and show it. on Yeah, my side. for sure. For nice. sure. They they only give a seven day free trial, which in my opinion is not not long enough to see everything. Yeah, that it can they do, know that so. too. They know yeah. people are gonna feel that. They're, put, way. they're yeah. putting the pressure on you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, Sarah, one kind of newer thing I've been asking uh, some of our guests, or we've been asking, uh, is because we started this podcast in 2018, uh, mm-hmm. and that was when we were each doing corporate stuff. We weren't really happy with it. So it's kind of cool to, you know, we started in a situation we didn't prefer and now we're each running our yeah. own businesses. Um, how has being an entrepreneur uh, changed you uh, as a person, made a positive impact on you as an individual outside of business? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think it goes back. I'm just not as shy as I used to be. I'm not afraid of going into a room where I don't know anybody. Um Whereas I used to be, I wouldn't go anywhere unless I had somebody next to me that could go in with me. Um, So I think that's the thing that I appreciate the most in my personal life that it has given me. And again, I think that's still only in the last two years because I used to do everything via email. I didn't even do the calls. Um, And I think just kind of in a different level is, you know, my husband wasn't very happy in his job. And so after kind of seeing how this year went for me, I was like, you need to find a job that you like, even if you have to start back lower, you know, cause he had a lot of experience in a field and I was like, but you don't like that field. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, tr- I've had the privilege of loving what I do every day and he has not had that. And so I said, why don't, you know, we're at a place now where we've kind of flip-flopped and now he is at a job that he likes and is is 100% remote, which is really nice. So he's home every day with me. Um, and I think that's something that if my business hadn't taken the jump that it did this year, would not have been possible um, for him. So that's been something that I'm really happy that my business has been able to do for him is getting him at a place that he d- likes going to work every day, likes the work that he does and, you know, the people that he works with and all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really cool. That's great. And yeah, going off that, I'm sure, I mean, especially with the pandemic, I'm sure there's been a lot of, of, of couples, marriages, people who live together who have sh- shared the space working from home. So like, how have mm-hmm. you guys kind of grown your relationship or coexisted or yeah. kind of help each other out working under the same roof for an extended period of time? Yeah. So this is the first time we've actually had separate offices. Okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, so at his previous job, he was in sales. Um, and so he would just drive from business to business and he had a home office, so he didn't have an office he reported to. So we both shared an office, um, but now he has a separate office. I have a separate office, but I think the best part is just because we have a child, um, you know, at lunchtime, if I have a call that starts at one, um, our son's name is Otto. If Otto is not ready for his nap yet, Derek can kind of wait and put him down for a nap and feed him lunch mm-hmm. um, so that all of that's not on me every single day, yeah. um, nice. which has been really nice. It's good take sacrifice from, from both people. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and, you know, we, we lived in North Carolina five years with no family. So we've always just been 
together with nobody else, <laughs> <laughs> uh, even before the pandemic. So um, that hasn't that hasn't been a problem at all for us. But I know he likes having his own because he's a gamer too. So he has okay. half office, half half gaming setup. Nice, nice. <laughs> best of both worlds. Yeah, I love good. it. Yeah, he's, he's going in the office, but you don't know which office he's going. Yeah, I know. You <laughs> never know what side of the room he's yeah. going to be on. That's great. That's great. Um, so, Sarah, I know you mentioned uh, about. Uh, not being shy anymore with stuff. And when you tagged us in your Instagram story, I saw your cool microphone and it looks like that's in the shot too. So do you do your own podcast and things? You got a show going? Uh, this is Derek's. Oh, <laughs> all right. Okay. I was like, man, he, what a he sweet, went, he like, went, old school mic. He went through a uh, streaming phase. So. Okay. <laughs> nice. Okay. Good. Yeah. So I said, you still have that microphone. I'd like to take it tomorrow. So I'm at a co-working space here and they have, what's called a little focus booth and it's completely like soundproofed little room oh, and awesome. um yeah they reserved it for me for the podcast and that way other people out there aren't listening to me record yeah, very, <laughs> cool. very cool uh tim anything else for uh for sarah so we always have like one last question we ask everyone but we want to make sure that you know we cover everything you want want to go through tim anything else um yeah uh maybe like two questions so yeah. i I guess my first question is, I'm sure you're, you're very busy taking care of clients, do, doing the work and putting in, serving them. Uh, do you, are you able to uh, budget any time or do you budget time into like practicing your craft or like learning new information? Cause I'm sure like marking is one of those things that's like always changing. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. is there anything, is there any like information that you consume or like anything, anybody you learn from or any coaches you work with to kind of better your knowledge, your background knowledge? Yeah. So I've never had a coach, but, um, I have a friend, she was the client I mentioned earlier who now has like three brands, two websites mm -hmm. and she's become a really close friend and she does kind of like career coaching. Okay. Um, so more of like people in the corporate setting. Um, but we have once a month, uh, like a two hour phone call where we just oh, nice. kind of talk business <clears throat> with each other. And that's been really, really nice. Um, and then for Christmas for myself, I bought a one year membership to Skillshare. Um, I don't okay. know if you guys have ever checked that out, but uh -uh. Um, it's a website where like, I mean, I could go on there and make a little mini course, but you pay for the year and you can watch, you know, how to make patterns in Illustrator or how to do this or how um, different oh, softwares. Cool. Um, and it's just like independent business owners can go on there and make their own little mini courses on there. So mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping <laughs> to, I'd like to watch one little short video a week on just like something, even if it's within Illustrator, because I mean, it's, it's always changing too. Um, Adobe and uh, trying out different techniques or um, yeah, different things like that. So I think that's something I want to do more of is just like learn more on my own. Um, I toyed with the idea of working with a, a coach specifically for design, but I just feel like I don't know if it's the same for what you guys do. If you ever look out for coaches and things, but they always like give this thing of like $10,000 a month, $10,000 a month. Like, yeah. but I just feel like I'm already hovering there. So I don't want to pay $8,000 to somebody, you know, when I'm getting that sometimes already. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of been hard. Cause I think I would like the structure of someone telling me, Hey, work on this, work on this. But, um, for now, I'm doing, I, this year I'm investing in like 401k. Mm -hmm. I'm, I have a bookkeeper, a monthly CPA on retainer, nice. <laughs> nice. all that nice. stuff that I don't like to do. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so that's kind of what I decided for this year to kind of focus on. So, so I'm setting all of that up right now. Okay, cool. Good. Good. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. That's, not, that's all I had in terms of my questions. Cool. Uh, Sarah, anything we haven't covered? Um, oh, actually I did have one more kind of just came to me. I thought about it on the way here and forgot. Uh, I know you said you don't do logos uh, by themselves really anymore. Have you ever thought about yeah. doing logos, but making them NFTs? Okay. So um, oh, I just opened up a can. <laughs> so a guy I went to college with, um, he has, if you ever want him on the podcast, he, I'm sure he would be a great person for your podcast, but his name is Brandon Spawn. Um, and he ended up being the director of graphics for IU athletics. And then he went and worked for the Phoenix suns. And now he's at Arizona doing all the like director, senior designer for all of the athletic 
yeah, I think could pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And awesome. so he, ex- but he also does a lot of like hip hop and rap artists, like Photoshop painting pretty much. So he oh, cool. draws it, but in Photoshop. And so he did some NFT stuff. And I remember messaging him like, tell me about this. Like when it first became popular and he kind of explained it to me and I've looked into it a little bit, but as of right now, I don't have the time <laughs> to learn about it because I, I know, but you know, you know, TikTok knows, TikTok knows what you want and yep. they've been showing me all the NFT TikTok. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Sarah, anything else? Um, want to make sure we cover things that you want to touch on as well. Anything else you want to make sure we hit today? No, I think that's all. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, my I've been on a couple podcasts, but this is my first Indiana one. Nice. Um, there we go. So <laughs> and her favorite. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, you know, as soon as I listened to Kelsey's, I got even more excited to do this. And um, I think it's awesome that you guys are interviewing so many different people. Again, one of my favorite things. I'm sure you guys too. You get to learn so much about different people and different oh, yeah. industries and. Yeah. Um, it's always fun to learn and that's what, that's what it's all about. So yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so we always end our show with asking people, yep. I know you've seen the questions. <laughs> I wrote it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Preparation. I think that's the most prepared we've ever had someone for the last. Question. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Some people are like, Oh, I was, I was thinking about it. It's tough to answer yeah, off the yeah. fly. You have to, really I know. Yeah, yeah. So that's when you know if people it's like reading the instructions before you start your test. Yeah. Like that's when we know if people read it. Uh, so yeah, yes. Sarah, when it's all said and done, um, how do you want to be remembered? Yeah. So I kind of, it's still short, so don't get worried, but I kind of just broke it down into two parts. Like I think professionally, I hope I'm remem- remembered by my clients as someone who cared about them and their business um, from the first call to the final email. I just hope that they enjoyed the process and feel like they could still reach out to me in the future um, if they ever needed anything. And then, you know, as a person, Obviously, I want to be remembered as, you know, a good wife, good mom, um, a good friend, someone who is trustworthy, reliable. Um, yeah. And just kind to everyone and not, you know, I always try to let people know that I'm not going to be judgmental. Um, and so I hope that's something that people take away, even if they just meet me for a short amount of time. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, thanks so much again for hanging with us today. We really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Thank you for your time. Great to see you guys and talk to you guys. And um, looking forward to listening to all the episodes. I have a lot to catch up on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 172. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right. Thanks again. Thanks again. Take care. All right. See you.